The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, happy belated Thanksgiving. And hopefully you made it through Black Friday. I've seen some uh, articles on a drudge this morning of fist fights and people whacking each other with electronics. I mean, isn't America great? We get to go fight each other in a store over discounts on a television. I'll tell you, it's crazy. Matt Locke here, the conservative cartel, this Saturday morning as we are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios on the Blaze Radio Network. If you want to be part of the program today, give me a call, 888-933-93 on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. I'm sad this morning. I'm sad. I'm, I'm riding all by myself this morning on the cartel. My, my brother-in-arms, Rocky Stucci. As you well know, we're, we're working men. We we have jobs, and Rocky is a firefighter up in the Minneapolis area. And since it's the holiday week, they are short, and he got mandated to go work. So we are riding. You get me. You get little old Matt Locke this morning for three hours of glorious conservative talk radio. So, look, I want to throw this out there right now. Thanksgiving is my favorite time. It's my favorite holiday for many reasons. And I'm going to get to that in the first hour here because we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. Uh, Donald Trump came out and gave a Thanksgiving proclamation and the left is just completely out of their minds because he talked about God. I know it's crazy in this world that we, we talk about God, but we do. We got NFL news and you know, Thanksgiving is always a big NFL day and they're in the crapper. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some Black Friday, some small business Saturday in the first hour. We're going to get to Roy Moore. Hour two, I mean, the establishment Republican Party is laying an egg. The Democrats are laying an egg. And everybody's mad over Alabama, which is going to vote for a senator to replace Jeff Sessions come December 12th, which is in roughly about 17 days. So we're going to get into that in hour two, and I'm going to tell you, you're going to want to stick around if you would do me a great big favor. I am on the Conservative Cartel Facebook page. Please share that to everybody you know. We've got Neil McCoy. We've got country music artist Neil McCoy coming up in hour two. You're going to want to tell everybody you know. You're going to want to share. It will be up on the Blaze Facebook page as well. But go to that Conservative Cartel Facebook page. You can see the live streaming video of yours truly. My ruggedly handsome face on there. Like it. Share it. Tell everybody you know. We've got Neil McCoy coming up in hour two. On top of all of that, hour three, we're going to talk about politicians and this fund that they have for paying off sexual harassment charges. Uh, to me, it's crazy. And we got John Conyers showing up in to meetings in his underwear. I mean, right now, I may be wearing just underwear. I may not have any pants on right now. You can't see me from the waist down anyway. So maybe I am sitting here in my underwear. You just don't know on a, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. 
I ate a little too much. I can tell you that. I love Thanksgiving. The food is always good. And my wife's family always comes over to our house. And, and by the way, I got to fly back to Fort Wayne, Indiana. I was there all week. Almost missed the show this morning because my flight was delayed last night for three stinking hours. I, I, I'll tell you a little story because I, I live in Fort Wayne, which is not a gr- It's not a small town. It's the second largest town in the state of Indiana, but behind Indianapolis. I mean, we've got a international, and I'm using air quotes, an international airport because it flies to Canada, just so you know. So it's huge, by the way, and that's just cargo, by the way. It doesn't fly people to Canada, just cargo. But, you know, I spent the whole week with my wife. God bless her. I'm going to go through Thanksgiving. I'm going to ask you this right now. I'll throw this question out there. 888-900-3393 on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for this Thanksgiving weekend? Because Thanksgiving was Thursday. My wife's family got together. We always have Thanksgiving in our house. I'm thankful for my amazing wife. I'll tell you that right now. My wife is amazing. She has allowed me to come to Dallas, Texas to chase down my dream. And that's to be nationally syndicated radio host. Along with Rocky Stucci, of course, and the great Ron Phillips, our executive producer. I mean, you need your team. Uh, you know, it's not just a one-man deal here. But that's my—that's what I'm thankful for. That my amazing wife has allowed me to do this because she's back home in Indiana, holding down the home front. And we had a long discussion about where this journey was going to take us. And here I'm sitting in Dallas, Texas, doing a radio show on the Blaze Radio Network. So I'm thankful for that. But you know what I'm also thankful for today is the biggest day of the year if you are an Ohio State Buckeye fan. Just saying, because we're playing that team up north. And it's like a, this is like a national holiday to me. I'm wearing my red. I'm, re- I'm wearing my red nine-line shirt today because I cannot wear my Ohio State swag. That's that's the only reason. So I'm wearing my red I stand shirt from nine-line, by the way. And Check out NineLineApparel.com. They've got some great Black Friday Thanksgiving deals going on. Black Rifle's got all of these things going on. BlackRifle.com. I believe they've got a 20% off. You can use Cartel 10 for 10% off. Do whatever you need to do. Go get some great coffee and some patriotic attire from our two great sponsors. But Rocky Stucci is texting me. He is on call as he's listening to this, and he's not real happy about it, but it is what it is. Rocky, we love you out there. We're missing the emotional meatball today, but we'll get we'll get through it. We'll, we'll, we'll get through this. I'm going to tell you because Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, Thursday, what are you thankful for? 888 Give me a jingle on the Black Rifle Coffee hotline. Love to hear what you have to talk about, but I'm going to get into this because history will tell you that the pilgrims left a very oppressive government or the king to come to america for religious freedom i mean that's really what thanksgiving is about now the left wants you to believe and i went back and we're going to talk some history by the way rush limbaugh did a a great deal on his show on wednesday i love it he does the the uh the Rush Limbaugh, the, the the little books for the kids, the Brave Pilgrims, I think is his first book. And I've got that book and I've read it to my kids. But uh, it digs deep into the history of what Thanksgiving actually stands for. It's not about Black Friday. It's not about, you know, feasting. It's about appreciating the fact that we have the rights that we do and that we're thankful for what we have in this country. 
and I'll tell you, the leftists went absolutely bonkers because Donald Trump said we were a God-fearing nation. I'm going to get into that in the next segment. I, I'm amazed because Donald Trump isn't the first president to invoke God is to be thankful for in this country. And I think that's what's wrong with the country. Michael Savage came out and talked about that the other day. He's got a new book out. We've left God behind. We're, we're, we're leaving God behind. We're leaving our anchor behind. And we're becoming a society that believes we can do all this on our own. We've we become a society where we're no longer reliant on a, a, a higher power. You know, look. You can say what you want to say, and I'm not going to go down the religious trail, but at some point you have to understand that there's something bigger than us. We just didn't, boom, magically appear, and here we are, and Matlock's on the radio, right? I mean, no, come on. So Donald Trump had his proclamation we're going to get into, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Thanksgiving, and we're going to talk about, look, I love Thanksgiving. It's probably my favorite holiday. Food is fantastic, by the way. I probably gained 10 pounds. I mean, I eat like a pig. And I saw I saw a post on Facebook yesterday from one of my friends in Thanksgiving, and it said turkey was a gateway drug to pumpkin pie. And boy, is he correct or what? If you didn't have some, everybody has pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving. And I'm not a sweets guy. You can ask our executive producer, Ron Phillips. I don't eat sweets. I don't, I'm not a sugar guy. I don't eat cake, brownies, any of that stuff. I eat some pumpkin pie. It is good stuff. Little little whip little whip topping on the top, little 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 pie after you're done and you're miserable and you shouldn't be eating it, but you do kind of stuff. That was my Thursday. So hey, look, hang tight. Because coming up, we're gonna talk about the history of Thanksgiving. I, I want to get into that a little bit, socialism, what Thanksgiving actually means, the actual history of what's going on, and I want to get into this whole Trump proclamation of 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 thanksgiving it's it's amazingly refreshing it's about one page i'll probably read you the entirety of it It is fantastic and and i have to admit i'm happy i I was a little bit leery of a donald trump presidency but as we keep going farther and farther into this i'm getting more and more confident we put the right guy in there so stick around want to be part of the program triple eight nine hundred 3393 in the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. I'm Matt Locke. This is the Cartel. We'll roll on this Saturday morning. Marketplace of Liberty, the Conservative Cartel on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel this Saturday morning as I am live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network. If you'd like to be part of the program today, tell me what you're thankful for. 888-900-3393 on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. I am thankful for two great sponsors. Nine Line Apparel. Black Rifle Coffee, I am thankful that they saw in the cartel what no one else saw. 
in doing a national radio program here on the Blaze Radio Network. Ryan Havel is thankful for Arena Pizza, he says on my text. I love that. Best pizza in Fort Wayne, by the way. Arena Bar and Grill. They have great, great pizza. I was actually back there Monday night and enjoyed me some of that because it's the best pizza anywhere I've ever had. So I want to say that, but I want to get into Thanksgiving. And by the way, I'm flying solo here. Rocky Stucci got called in to do his firefighting duty. So it's just me this morning on the cartel. We'll get through this. I want to hear what you're thankful for. So give us a jingle. But uh, Rush Limbaugh, every year does a great deal for Thanksgiving. I, I, I love it. I'm a bit, it's no, I, I make no bones about it here. And I know I'm on the Blaze Radio Network and I'll tout them all day long and do that. And, and, and I hope I don't get in too much of a trouble here. But I love Rush Limbaugh. I, I, I've, I've listened to him since I was in high school. Guy is absolutely fantastic. He does the the Rush Limbaugh books, the Rush Revere and, and the Pilgrims and whatnot. But what people don't remember is the Pilgrims were leaving England because of religious prosecution. I mean, it, it's really what it was. <laughs> they jumped in a, a, a rickety boat. I mean, the, the, Ninta, the Nina, the Pinta and the Santa Maria, if you remember your history lesson, folks out there. And they sailed from Holland across the Atlantic Ocean. Now, these people had no clue. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what they were going to be. They had no idea what was going to happen. I mean, it was unknown. It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't a luxurious trip. It wasn't a boat where you go on, where you get to sail the Mediterranean on a cruise. These people were coming to a new country. Because they want, they knew it would be better than what they had. I mean, that's how much they disliked what was going on. You know, it had to be better than where they were fleeing from. And what they were fleeing from was religious prosecution, persecution. They didn't like, you know, they didn't like what was going on. They wanted to be able to be free to follow whatever religion they saw fit. Now, the left, the indoctrination of the left, the education in this country wants you to believe that these poor pilgrims came over here and they starved and the Indians showed up and they taught them how to plant crops and to kill animals and skin them and take care of themselves. And maybe some of that happened. Let's not say that it didn't, but it's not the entire story. I mean, these people showed up, you know, the Church of England under King James was persecuting everybody and anybody who did not recognize its absolute spiritual authority. That's what was going on. The government was God. The government was the religion. The government was the church. And those who challenged that, those who believed strongly in freedom of worship, were hunted down. They were imprisoned. And sometimes they were executed for their beliefs. So a group of separatists, people that didn't want any part of this, they fled to Holland. They, they, they fled to Holland. They got out of there. They wanted out of that deal, and, and they wanted out of there, so they went to Holland. They met up with some other people, and 40 pilgrims made the, made the journey across the Atlantic, 102 people total came across and I'm going to tell you, I mean, you think about this story. They came to a land in, in, in two 
a place where they had no idea what what they were in for. They didn't have any comforts of where they were coming from. They didn't have a roof over their head. They had to clear land. They had to figure out how to feed themselves. They wanted to be able to worship their creator, their God, according to the dictates of their own consciences. The belief in freedom of religion to engage in this kind of activity in order to be able to do it, to be able to cross an ocean to a place you had no idea what to expect, just to be able to worship as you choose. So on August 1st, 1620, the Mayflower set sail. 102 passengers, including 40 pilgrims. Now, if you'll remember a gentleman by the name of William Bradford, he wrote the Mayflower Compact, which was, in essence, socialism. Nobody talks about this. You know, the pilgrims came over there, they came over to this country, and they set up what could be described as a commune. Everybody was equal in every way. You went out and whatever you made, whatever you, whatever you harvested, whatever you planted, whatever you did was given equally to everybody in the group. That is socialism. That's what the liberal left wants. The left wants equal opportunity. It doesn't matter how hard you work, how hard you don't work, what happens in life. The, the left wants everybody to be equal. Because if you're equal, then everybody's on the same playing field. Everybody gets the same thing and it doesn't matter. Well, the pilgrims found out the hard way. That socialism didn't work because inevitably what happens with socialism is you have people who are workers. You have people who are motivated, who are proud, who are people who want to take care of themselves. We still have that in this country today. I mean, if you read Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged, it lays out the whole idea of socialism in the makers and the takers. We still have makers in this country. We still have people who get up, put their boots on, go to work because they want to take care of the family. They love this country and they don't want to hand up. They don't want socialism, right? Now, these people, they didn't know what socialism was. They just knew they were coming over here. They were trying to get away from religious persecution. They wanted to start a new life, and they wanted to worship their God how they saw fit. That's what they wanted to do. They didn't, you know, they wanted to take care of their people. They weren't thinking about socialism. They were thinking about survival. And during that first winter, half of them died. Half of them died, including William Bradford's own wife, of either starvation, sickness, or exposure. When spring finally came, Indians, Native Americans, did indeed teach the settlers how to plant corn, how to fish for cod, skin beavers for coats. Life improved for the pilgrims, but they didn't prosper yet. Now, that's an important part to understand because this is where modern American history lessons end. This is what the modern Thanksgiving story is. Pilgrims show up, don't know what they're doing, nothing for them, no place to stay. They're starving. The Indians fed them, showed them how to feed themselves and make coats and stay warm, and Thanksgiving happened. Right? Wrong. Because these people who came to America, they were sponsored. They were sponsored from people over in Holland and England. They had debts to pay. They had debts to pay and no way to pay them. So in the end, they didn't have any money. They had people paying them, sponsoring their trip. They didn't have any money to make the trip themselves. 
These sponsors were in Holland. They were in London. They were England. They had to be repaid. So the contract called for everything the Pilgrims produced to go into a common store in a single bank account, if you will. And each member of the community was entitled to his equal share of that. The, the socialism didn't work. So it didn't work. And William Radford recognized that it didn't work. And so what did he do? He implemented capitalism. If you go out and you earn, if you plant, if you make, you are entitled to that share. You're entitled to it. No one else. And if you make more than your family can eat or have or keep or use, you can then sell it on the free market to the people who didn't make enough. Or you can then sell it and make money, send your money back to these sponsors, pay off your deal. Capitalism was born. And this change unleashed everything. And the pilgrims became a growing economy. They experienced economic plenty far greater than any had had under the previous Mayflower Compact. Bradford writes about all of this in his journal and is for this that the original pilgrims gave thanks. They gave thanks and it was a boom and people started wanting to come back and forth. It caused other people to want to come to this country. It wasn't easy. Nobody was given anything. It wasn't socialism. It was all by the grace of God that they figured out how to live, how to prosper, how to make their life work without government regulation in the middle of it. Period. So once again, I'm going to ask you, what are you thankful for this Saturday after Thanksgiving? 888-900-3393 on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. I want to give a good I want to give a shout out to the political cowboy Chad Prather. We are on his page. If you are on his Facebook page, thank you so much. If you want to visit our page, the Conservative Cartel, please do so. Please share, give it a like. We're always trying to grow the audience. We certainly appreciate all of you that are finding us via the Political Cowboy Facebook page. Thanksgiving. Uh, Like I said, Thanksgiving, I I love Thanksgiving. It is my favorite holiday food, football, and you know what we're going to get into here a little later in the hour? The NFL, which, once again, I mean, you got to think about something here. Thanksgiving Day for the NFL is probably the second biggest day of the year behind the Super Bowl. I mean, everybody's off work. Everybody's at home. Everybody's spending time with family. You're all gathered around the TV, and what are you doing? What's the only thing on? NFL football. I mean, that's the deal. So we're going to get into that. President Trump gave his Thanksgiving proclamation. I want to get into that in an hour two. Share, 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 because we've got country music artist Neil McCoy joining me in hour two. We're going to talk about his new song. We're going to talk about him and the Pledge of Allegiance every morning on his Facebook page. We're going to we're going to discuss all kinds of things. Neil's a great guy, friend of the political cowboy Chad Prather as well. So all the little circle coming together, but we're going to t- discuss all kinds of different things. 888-900-3393 in the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline if you want to be part of the program. My name is Matt Locke. This is the Conservative Cartel this Saturday morning. We are rolling along. Quickly, by the way. Segment two, already in the books. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
the conservative cartel returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. So I have to apologize. I'm a little bit sleep deprived this morning. I'm going to fill you in on my night last night. I actually quoted Christopher Columbus's ships instead of the Mayflower. I'm sorry. And thank you out there for catching that. Uh, I had a long day yesterday. So I like I told you before, by the way, we are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios on the Blaze Radio Network. If you want to be part of the program, want to hear what you're thankful for. 888-900-3393 on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. You can email me, Matt at the conservative cartel.com is my email. If you want to do that, I'm on Twitter, the Cartel Matt. I'm on Instagram, the Cartel Matt. You can find me everywhere at the Cartel Matt, pretty much. But uh, I had a long day yesterday. I went back and uh, I live in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Still have my house there. My wife's still there. I'm living down here in Dallas doing the radio show for The Blaze. So I was back the entire week. And I, I flew in Monday. No problems. Flight was fantastic. Easy. Piece of cake. I hate flying, by the way. I'm, I'm a big baby when it comes to heights. You can ask anybody that knows me. I cry and wet my pants when I go above the fifth floor. It's just... I don't know. It's a crazy, ridiculous thing that I have, and it's irrational, and I get it, but I can't get over it kind of stuff. So I'm not a good flyer. I do it because I know it's convenient. I do it because I know it's expedient, and I do it because 16 hours in a car from Dallas to Fort Wayne sucks. I'd already done that. It sucks. But I was supposed to fly out yesterday, and I did, by the way. I just had about a eh, three and a half, four hour delay. You know, don't you love those things? You know, the plane comes in from Dallas, it lands in Fort Wayne, and then nothing happens. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to sit here, and then they don't call you, and then you sit there, and then you think you might have missed the flight, and the next thing you know, like, well, we got some maintenance problems with the plane. And look, I'm already a terrible flyer. I am a terrible flyer. You can ask my wife. I'm a big baby. I'm a terrible flyer. Every time I hit turbulence, I, I, I want to cry kind of stuff. I read a book to take my mind off this kind of thing. And by the way, reading a great book. I just started reading Vince Flint. Now, I'm I, everybody, all of you out there know that I'm a huge Brad Thor fan. Huge. Read every Brad Thor book. He was the first guest on this program. Love me some Brad Thor. But I've read all Brad Thor's books. I have to wait until June till his new one comes out so when i fly i gotta have something to read so i started reading term limits which is the very first book written by vince flint fantastic by the way if you want to pick up a new series go do that vince is vince flynn is now deceased he uh passed away of cancer i don't know how many years ago but uh there's now another guy that picked up his books and writes them but i'm not for sure how many books vince flynn wrote but i'm on the very first one fantastic but anyway my, I didn't land in Dallas until about, uh, what was it, probably 8.30 last night, Ron. And by the time we got back to the house, it was 9.30. And I had two hours of show prep to do. So I'm a little punchy this morning. So I apologize. That whole long story was to apologize for the fact I said the wrong chip. Sorry. But anyway, what are you thankful for out there? 888-900-3393. Ron's laughing at me. It's kind of funny. But uh, anyway, so I want to get to this Donald Trump Thanksgiving proclamation. And if you're watching on the Facebook 
live on the conservative cartel page share give it a like get on that would you so donald trump issued his thanksgiving proclamation i want to read this to you it's fantastic it's about a page and he says on thanksgiving day as we have for nearly four centuries americans give thanks to almighty god for our abundant blessings We gather with the people we love to show gratitude for our freedom, for our friends and families, and for the prosperous nation we call home. In July of 1620, more than 100 pilgrims boarded the Mayflower, fleeing religious persecution and seeking freedom and opportunity in a new and unfamiliar place. These dauntless souls arrived in Plymouth, Massachusetts in the freezing cold of December 1620. They were greeted by sickness and severe weather and quickly lost 46 of their fellow travelers. Those who who endured the incredible hardships of their first year in America, however, had many reasons for gratitude. They had survived. They were free. And with the help of the, I'm going to say this wrong, Wampanoag tribe and a bountiful harvest, they were regaining their health and strength. And thanks to God for their blessings, the new governor of the Plymouth Colony, William Bradford, proclaimed a day of Thanksgiving and gathered with the Wampanoag tribe for three days of celebration. For the next two centuries, many individual colonies and states, primarily in the Northeast, carried on the tradition of fall Thanksgiving festivals, but each state celebrated it on a different day. And sometime on an occasional basis, it was not until 1863 that the holiday was celebrated on one day nationwide. In the aftermath of the Battle of Gettysburg, of one of the bloodiest battles of our nation's civil war, President Abraham Lincoln proclaimed that the country would set aside one day to remember its many blessings. In the midst of a civil war of unequal magnitude and severity, President Lincoln proclaimed, we recall the bounties which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget and source from which they come. As President Lincoln recognized, no human counsel has devised nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the most high God, who while dealing with us in anger for our sins, has nevertheless remembered mercy. Today, we continue to celebrate Thanksgiving with a grateful and charitable spirit. When we open our hearts and extend our hands to those in need, we show humility for the bountiful gifts we have received. In aftermath of a succession of tragedies that have stunned and shocked our nation, Hurricanes Harvey, Irma, and Maria, the wildfires that ravaged the West, and the horrific acts of violence and terror in Las Vegas, New York City, and Sutherland Springs, We have witnessed the generous nature of the American people in the midst of heartache and turmoil. We are grateful for the swift action of the first responders, law enforcement personnel, military and medical professionals, volunteers, and everyday heroes who embodied our infinite capacity to extend compassion and humanity to our fellow man. As we mourn these painful events, we are ever confident that the perseverance and optimism of the American people will prevail. We can see in the courageous pilgrims who stood on Plymouth Rock in new land, the intrepidness that lies at the core of our American spirit. Just as the pilgrims did today, America stands strong, willing to fight for their families and their futures to uphold our values and to confront our challenge. This Thanksgiving, in addition to rejoicing in precious time spent with loved ones, let us find ways to serve and encourage each other in both word and deed. We also offer a special word of thanks for the brave men and women of our armed forces, many of whom must celebrate this holiday separated from the ones whom they are most thankful for. As one people, we seek God's protection, guidance, and wisdom as we stand humbled 
by the abundance of our great nation and blessings of freedom, family, and faith. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. The left threw an absolute fit over that proclamation. Threw a fit. My God, Donald Trump spoke about God. Heaven forbid that that happened. Heaven forbid that our president of this great country spoke about God and how we should be thankful for those pilgrims in 1620, for those brave individuals who left everything they had to start a new life in a new world. And you heard, half of them died. Half of them died chasing their dream of getting to where they could openly, openly worship the God they saw fit. Whatever that may be. That's why I'm thankful for America. And it was funny, at the break, a good buddy of mine said his daughter said she's thankful for America. And as she should be. We should all be thankful for the men and women who risked their life and limb and their life, and some don't come home at all, so that we can be free. So that we understand that, you know what, freedom is not free. Brave men and women have to get up every morning and fight for the freedom you and I enjoy. That we see each and every day. So as we were spending time with our families, as we were giving thanks for what was good this year, by the way, great year. Great year for Matlock, the conservative cartel, Ron Phillips, Rocky Stucci. I mean, it's been a great year. It's been a great year. We're very thankful. I mean, I took a picture. I was at my house in Fort Wayne. I took a picture of my old studio. And literally, I'm crying in my basement as I'm remembering that little old me. And I'm not real little. I'm kind of a big guy. But me started a podcast in that basement four years ago. And here we are in a nationally heard radio program across the country. In America, that can happen. Only in America can a guy take a podcast from his basement and turn it into a national radio program. Only. You're not going to do it anywhere else. You're not going to have the freedoms. And the reason we have those is because of this great country that is America. So, hey, let's be part of the program here today. 888-900-3393 on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. What are you thankful for? Rich, Tom, I see you up there. I'm going to get to your calls coming up next. The cartel rolls on. The conservative cartel will return on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, good morning. Matt Locke here, The Conservative Cartel, flying solo this morning. Rocky Stucci got called into his firefighting duties. That's why you don't see him on the screen. We are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here in the Blaze Radio Network. If you want to be part of the program, what are you thankful for? 
888-900-3393 is the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. I'm going to head to the hotline, by the way. We've got a couple callers here. Rich from New York wants to talk about Trump and the NFL. Rich, how are you doing, my friend? Matt, how are you doing? Um, actually, just a quick note. We, you have to be careful not to pronounce your name your first and the last name too quickly, they might think you're Andy Griffith. Well, sometimes I've, I've been told that once or twice before. Rich, what's going on in the great state of New York? Do you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, your, your, your garden variety. Um, uh, and, and part of it was watching football. I didn't, um, I, I'm not going to uh, bow to the wishes of um, Donald Trump with his uh, personal uh, vendetta he has against the um, so, NFL. Rich, and- you were one of the people. I look. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I watched a couple games myself. I, I watched them. I really, you know, look. I'm not a boycotting guy. I don't really care. I'm going to talk about the NFL here when we're off this call. But so you watched some football? Oh, sure. I, yeah, I, I always watch football. But I, you know, Matt, what I what hit me like a ton of bricks, and what I I had forgotten was that, um, and something the the news media doesn't mention at all is that. Donald Trump owned a football team in a competing football league back yeah, in the at, day. At one point, he did. At some point, yeah, I think he was part owner or something along that lines. But uh, I'm, I'm oh, not. Well, a little more, more than that, he was the one who pushed all the owners into bringing their league into a competitive time slot. Okay, right. as the NFL, he was, and and his rationale was. You know we're gonna we're gonna get the NFL to buy us out. And we're all gonna make you know a gazillion dollars. Okay, right. that he right. was he was behind all that. And then there was a lawsuit, a big lawsuit between Donald Trump and the NFL. And it's suddenly occurring to me that this whole thing, in the guise of patriotism, is really all personal for him. So you're, you're telling me, Rich? Let me make sure I get this straight. You think this is personal to Donald Trump? You don't think this has anything to do with these knuckleheads kneeling for the national anthem? Well, well, let's Matt. Let's go through the timeline, okay? In in the 2016 preseason, Colin Kaepernick kneels, and by 2017, every owner in the NFL refuses to pick him up. So, so they've already displayed their uh, um, uh, a feeling about what he was doing. So you don't well, – well, hold on. I want to get into this here. I want to have a conversation with you because mm-hmm. you don't feel like these owners don't feel that he disrespected and they don't want to touch him? They don't want the circus in town? Well, do you think the fact that a, a perfectly qualified quarterback in free agency <laughs> I don't, I don't think he's a perfectly qualified quarterback. You and I, I, I think he stinks, to be quite honest with you. I don't think he's very good. His type of play doesn't go well in the NFL. I had him on my fantasy league two years in a row, and he killed me because he stinks. I, I mean, it, I don't agree that he's a perfectly capable quarterback. There's plenty of other quarterbacks that are much more capable of him. Go ahead. You, you mean that's why that's why they traded Alex Smith to the Chiefs because Colin Kaepernick sinks and that and that wasn't all right. Let's let's say we don't agree on that. Sure. Okay. At the beginning of this year, there were all of about five players kneeling. Okay. The, the, it, it was not a controversy until Trump made it a controversy again at the rally he had for Luther Strange in Alabama. Okay. Okay. And. And, and he revived the issue, and, and now it's an ongoing issue. He won't drop it, the latest of which he, he claims he doesn't want the players disrespecting the flag. 
So Roger Goodell says, fine, we'll go back to an old rule. We're not making up a new rule. An old rule where the players stay in the in the locker room. Well, and Trump... Rich, there, there was a rule in their handbook that all players were supposed to stand for the national anthem. I mean... Uh, this is just an odd way out here, and, and Trump's just brought it to light here. Rich, I'm going to let you go. We're not going to argue more. I've given you plenty of time. We're going to head to – thank you for your call. Certainly appreciate it. I'm not going to get in this big argument about the NFL. I watched a game of the NFL Thursday. I'll, I'll say it. I didn't boycott it. I was sitting there. It was nothing else on TV, and I watched it. I used to watch a lot of games. That was like the third or fourth game I've watched all year. Have I not watched a lot of NFL? No. I, I, I have not, and I've got an article here I'm going to get to here in a minute. As soon as I get to Tom in South Carolina, Tom – Welcome to the Conservative Cartel. How are you, sir? I'm very good, sir. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Hey, what are you thankful for? I see you're thankful for some things. I kind of messed it up when I started telling the other guy. I'm I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for my family. Sure. I'm thankful for Blaze Radio, number one. And I'm thankful for you. Well, thank you. That's very much appreciated. uh, And I'm really grateful for my family, sir. As you should be. As we yeah. all should be. And mean, my military. And Neil McCoy. Neil McCoy. I love it. I love he it. He's going to be awesome. up next hour. you got to be listening. He's yes, going to be up. I will, I'm here for the duration. Sir. Love it. Well, I'm going to go to uh, his Facebook page, and we're going to do the pledge, and then we're going to come back here. I love it, because I know he does the pledge. We're going to talk yes, about sir. that. 600, so uh, 686 or 7, 8 days today. Straight. Consecutively. Straight. I think it's 688, right, Ron? Yes, 688, 688 today. Yes, we sir. were talking about that this morning coming over. Yes, sir. He's so, an awesome dude. What a true American, right? A true patriot. We're honored to have him on the cartel this morning. Tom, yes, thank you for tuning and into the cartel. Rocks too. He does. Thank you for yes. tuning in, Tom. We certainly appreciate your call. Tom from South Carolina, what he's thankful for. He's thankful for the cartel. I love that. I certainly appreciate that. I'm humbled by that. But I want to get to one last story here in this hour before we move on because I'm talking about the NFL here. And you can agree with me. You can disagree with me. We have opposing opinions on here. Obviously, Rich from New York feels like Donald Trump is the reason this is all going on. I disagree. But uh, the NFL is having problems. I mean, I'm looking at an article from Breitbart here where what has become a pretty consistent pattern for the league, uh, it's putting a bad product on the field. It's insulting the country with this taking a knee to protest for, you know, these people. It's nuts. But Thanksgiving's primetime clash between the Redskins and the Giants registered a 9.7 in metered markets, down 10% from last year. Now, while the game stayed steady with last week's Thursday night matchup, that's really not good news. I mean, a Thanksgiving Day matchup in primetime television should absolutely blow the socks off of last Thursday. Should. I mean, there should be no doubt about it. People are turning it off. And you know what's what's great about this country? You have the right. They have a right to kneel. They have a right to kneel during the national anthem. You can ask any veteran out there. I've asked several, and they've all said the same thing. You know what, Matt? I fought for their right to do that. I'm not happy that they're doing that, but I fought for that right. And they're right. They have the right to do that. But you know what we have the right to do? Turn them off. We have the right to turn them off. My father-in-law was at my house this week. He, he He's like, I'm not watching football with you. I'm not doing it. I'm boycotting the NFL. I don't like what they did. I'm not watching it. I'm like, eh, you know, 
good for you. If that's how you feel, and I'll tell you what, a lot of people feel that way right now. And that whole argument with Rich that we were having, yes, Donald Trump owned a, a, a league or a team from another league of the NFL. Do I think Donald Trump is personally going after the NFL because of that? No, I don't. I don't believe that. I mean, who cares? He's a billionaire. Who cares if his NFL or AFL or CFL or IFL or whatever they call the daggone league that he had a team in? Who cares? I mean, Donald Trump's in the business to make money. Donald Trump, you can believe what you want to believe. You don't have to believe it. Here's what I believe. I believe Donald Trump is trying to fix America. What else would be in it for him other than an ego boost, which I'm sure it is. I mean, look, let's not pull any punches here. Donald Trump's got an ego he he's a brash guy i have an ego a lot of a lot of people who are type a personalities we have egos we we think very highly of ourselves we do that on purpose it drives us to be better we want to i want to be the best in everything i do i want to be the best radio host in the country that's my ego talking i i, I hope someday i get there you know it takes practice time and a, you know a lot of effort But Donald Trump wants to be the best he can be. And why else would you take on the presidency of the United States other than the fact that he is trying to fix this country? I think that's what it all boils down to. I don't think it's a personal vendetta with the NFL and Donald Trump. I I think that's not a very I don't think that's a very strong argument. Now, I allowed Rich to state his argument and he got it out there. But look, hour two. Alabama. We've got an election coming up December 12th. We've got Roy Moore. We've got all these allegations. We've got the left going after him. we got the right going after him. And Neil McCoy is going to be on the Black Rifle Coffee hotline. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting started. You're in the marketplace of... You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci on the Blaze Radio Network. A good Saturday afternoon. It's a good Saturday morning. Not afternoon. Conservative Cartel live on the Nine Line Live. Easy for me to say an hour or two. I'm a little... Light on sleep today. We're going to get through this. I am live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network. If you'd like to be part of the program, I want to hear what you're thankful for this Saturday after Thanksgiving. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. Would love to hear what you are thankful for. You can email me, Matt at theconservativecartel.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Cartel Map, Facebook, the Conservative Cartel. We are live streaming right there. Want to give a big shout out to Chad Prather, the political cowboy. He's down in Houston tonight. If you're down in the Houston area tonight, make sure you get out and see him. He's down there with Cooper Wade doing his little comedy skit tour. We've seen him here in Texas. It's fantastic. It's well worth your time to go see. But during the break. During the break, I'm sitting here watching Fox News in the studio, and in Chicago, the liberal bastion of society, Rahm Emanuel, I spit out the window every time I drive into Illinois and see, welcome to Illinois, Mayor Rahm Emanuel in Chicago kind of crap. They're protesting. In Chicago, they're protesting Black Friday. Yeah, you heard me. They're protesting. I mean, I'm, I'm reading the sign. Stop Trump. Protest Black Friday. For what? 
Don't give any money to the businesses that make things go and employ people and actually... Oh, my God. The left is so stupid. I I can't even get over how stupid the left is. I I don't even know any words. It's amazing. You're going to boycott shopping because the economy's doing so great and you're ashamed because somehow we probably stole it from somebody else, right? I mean, that's the way this works, I guess, but I'm just amazed. I'm literally amazed. I watch the news that this is even news. People don't even know what they're protesting for. It's amazing to me. You're protesting Black Friday. Now, I saw a bunch. I didn't talk about Black Friday in the last hour. I just forgot. But I mean, if you go to Drudge, the first seven articles are about fights during Black Friday. I, I mean, I have to tell you a story. I went out. My wife and I on Thanksgiving night. I was sitting around, I was tired, I wanted to get out of the house, and I was flying back out Friday, and I didn't want to go out for Black Friday. So I said, hey, let's run down. I'm not, I'm not going to say the store, because I needed I needed a juice box, little thing for my iPhone. My iPhone's three years old, battery doesn't last as long, there's a company that makes it, I'm not going to give them any props, because they don't pay us, so I'm not going to say their name. But I wanted to go buy that, and the retail store that I went to had it for 50% off. I like saving money. So I went and bought it. Stood in line for about 40 minutes. Nobody beat each other with televisions. I had a nice conversation with my wife who went with me. We enjoyed the time out of the house. We're gone for about 90 minutes and went back home, right? That was my Thanksgiving Black Friday deal. But to sit there and protest in Chicago, moronic. But I want to get to what I want to talk about in hour two. Because we got Neil McCoy coming up at the bottom of the hour. So please share. If you're on the Conservative Cartel Facebook page, give it a share. Share, share, share. Tell all your friends. We'd love to hear that. We're going to be coming up on the Blaze Facebook page as well here with Neil's uh, interview, but uh, I want to get to this whole deal going on in Alabama. Now, we've covered this on the cartel in the past, but I'm going to tell you, there's there's some things going on that I think need to be discussed. Because we are looking at a situation, and, and once again, we've got a bunch of allegations. A bunch of allegations. I think eight or nine women have now come out and said that Roy Moore has somehow harassed them sexually. But yet, as I turn my attention to an article two days ago from Breitbart, Roy Moore opens up seven-point lead over Democrat Doug Jones in Alabama Senate race. I want you to think about that for a second, because it says a couple of things. First of all, I want to applaud you guys out there. The listeners here of the conservative cartel, the people that are paying attention, who are doing the research, who are finding their own facts. They're not listening to the liberal narrative of the left. They're not following the hokey deal of, I mean, look, there's been a bunch of these women now proven to be liars. And I'm going to say this again. The reason I brought this up, I've got an article from uh, Real Clear Politics I found last night written by James Arkin. And I'm going to go into that here in this segment and next segment. But uh, he's kind of comparing, the whole entire article compares where the Republican Party is right now, where the Democratic Party is right now, and how both Roy Moore and this Doug Jones are running away from their parties. And I would beg to differ. I think we as conservatives, and I said that, are running away from the Republican Party. It's not the other way around. 
the Republican Party isn't running away from us. We're running away from them. I mean, we're tired. We're tired of watching these politicians promise you the moon. They promise you the world that they're going to go fix everything. And yet they don't. They don't fix a daggone thing. They go out on the campaign trail. They make you all these promises. They say they're going to do all this stuff. You give them money. And in the end, they go to Washington, D.C. They become part of the swamp and nothing gets done. Mitch McConnell. Old Mitch spent $30 million to back Luther Strange. And now you've got the establishment right, the Democratic left are absolutely out of their mind, scared to death of a Roy Moore. They're scared to death of someone who runs on principles. And I'm, I want to get into this because Roy Moore has been in the public eye for 40 years. 40. 4-0. And I, I'm going to tell you, that, that kind of irritates me in a lot of ways. We've got politicians like a John Conyers coming up in hour three. We're going to be talking about all kinds of slush fund money and what's going on with the sexual harassments in Congress. But you've got guys like John Conyers in Michigan. has been in the Congress for 50 plus years. Yes, 50. Five zero years. Dinosaurs. I mean, the guy's 88 years old in Congress making laws. I mean, he's probably taking naps at 88. Look, first of all, if I make it to 88, I'm going to count myself lucky because I'm riding this sucker hard. I mean, it's just the way I live. I live hard. I I play hard. I work hard. I do things hard. I do them fast and with my hair on fire. So if I make it to 88, I'll count my blessings. Maybe I'll just want a nap when I get there. But he's 88 years old and he's showing up to meetings in his underwear, supposedly. I mean, you know, who wants to see an 88-year-old guy show up in his underwear? I digress. You, you've got a right and you've got a left that are coming after rock rib conservatives. They're coming after people who believe as you and I believe. They, they believe in the Constitution. They believe in the rule of law. I mean, if you look at Judge Roy Moore's story, he's been kicked off the Alabama Supreme Court twice. One, because he wouldn't get rid of the Ten Commandments in front of the courthouse. And two, Because he didn't believe in gay marriage. Once again, these are societal, I wouldn't say norms. This is the left trying to change the societal norms for you to become comfortable with the fact that gay marriage is okay was having a conversation with my father-in-law, who is a diehard conservative. I mean, look, over Thanksgiving, we talk about politics. And God, by the way. I mean, that's just what goes on in our family. I saw a bunch of articles where people were like, oh my gosh, how to combat Donald Trump? How to combat Trump at your liberal family? Look, if I had a liberal family, I wouldn't go to Thanksgiving. I'm just going to tell you right now. I tell them they're all crazy. And that they don't understand what the heck's going on. We were talking, my father-in-law and I, were talking about how culture has changed the way people perceive being gay. 
for instance. I mean, 50 years ago, you didn't come out of the closet. You just didn't. It, it wasn't something you did. It wasn't celebrated. It wasn't anything that anybody said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gay. I, I'm homosexual. I'm lesbian. I'm bisexual, transsexual, whatever the heck it's at. It's just one of those things where society is pushed into, into the norm. And is it really the norm? That was our conversation we were having. And now you get someone like a Roy Moore who believes against that. And of course, society is shooting back. And on the other side of here, I want to get into this. There's a couple quotes here of this Real Clear Politics article I want to talk about because it's enlightening. Don't go anywhere. The cartel rolls on this Saturday morning. You're listening to The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Wow, are we rolling along this Saturday morning live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios on the Blaze Radio Network? My name's Matt Locke. As you may know, I'm lo- I, my sidekick's not here, Rocky Stucci. We're missing him this morning, but it is the Thanksgiving week. His company was shorthanded and he got called into work, so here we are. But we're rolling along this Saturday morning. If you'd like to be part of the program, you can give me a call on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. 888-900-3393 is how you reach the program. we got the question out there. What are you thankful for? I mean, there's a lot to be thankful for in this country. There, there, is, there are many things. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for the blaze. You know, having the cartel on the you know the blaze radio network i mean it's it's a dream come true i'm thankful for ron phillips my producer i mean guy makes me look good sound good all that good stuff i mean if you look at me when i wake up at five in the morning it's nothing to look at i mean the stakes work right here to get this what it looks like but anyway i'm thankful for a lot of different things this saturday after thanksgiving and i'm thankful for the fact that you actually have a brain out there i'm laughing because ron's over here laughing he's driving he cracks me up sometimes some of the things i say make him chuckle just saying. But I'm thankful for the Roy Moores of the world. I, I really am. I'm thankful for the fact that, look, I talked about this in the last segment. By the way, we got Neil McCoy coming up at the bottom of the hour. So you want to share, share, share. Tell everybody you know. We're going to talk about the pledge. We're going to talk about the new song that he has out, his touring, what's going on in his world. So we're going to get to that at the bottom of the hour. So you're going to want to tune in. But it's nice to know. I, I'm thankful for the fact that you guys listen. Now, let me put that with an asterisk. You shouldn't believe every single thing I say. Go research it. Make sure I'm saying the right thing. I believe it's the right thing. I spend a lot of time, Rocky spends a lot of time, researching what we're going to talk about. Researching the things we want to say, the, st- the, the, the facts that we want to give you. And it takes time. It does. I was up two and a half hours last night researching after being on a plane waiting in an airport and all that good stuff so i've had very little sleep i've had about four or five hours of sleep from last night we'll get through this thing but i'm thankful that you guys tune in for one but for two you listen to what we say because hopefully and i'm going to say this once again we, we have politicians 
who I think it's their job just to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to go out on the campaign trail and they're going to promise lower taxes. They're going to promise to uh, repeal Obamacare, which we haven't seen. They're going to promise that the government's out of your life, that there's going to be less regulation, that you're going to have a job, that you're going to have higher wages, that you're going to be able to raise your family. But yet, as we sit here, is any of that true? Has any of that happened yet? I mean, if we look at what I want to go back to 2010, the year that the wave of the Tea Party came in. And if you'll remember, I think 2010, we put a lot of conservative lawmakers into power. Wasn't enough. I mean, it's a very small segment of 435 representatives and 100 senators. But we put enough conservatives in a place where our voices started getting hurt. And at the time, you still had the elites. You still had the rhinos, the Republicans in name only, who were still in power. And they're telling you, oh, you know, we need the House. We need the House. You know, we don't have anything. Because at, at, in 2006, from 2006 to 2008, Democrats had the House, the Senate, and the presidency. That at all. And finally, the Tea Party comes in. We get the House back on the conservative side. And what's the first thing that these politicians tell us? Well, we need the Senate. We can't do anything. We only have one-third of the government. We have one-third of the government. Now we need the Senate. So what do you and I do as hardworking, patriotic voters? We give them, excuse me, we give them the Senate. We vote in the Senate. It's not a very big margin. You know, it's 52 to 48. Well, it's actually 52, 46 with two independents that vote Democrat. So now we've got the House and the Senate. You know, you would think you would get something done, right? You, you, you think they would go in there, they would get something done. They've been telling you on the campaign trail, we're going to get stuff done. We, we, we promise lower taxes. We promise to repeal Obamacare. And by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll give them props. I probably shouldn't, but a repeal of Obamacare was sent through the House and I believe 40, 50 times. So when it didn't matter, when they knew that Obama would veto it, they did what they told you they were going to do. They they did what they promised you and I they were going to do. So now the big argument was, okay, We've got the House, we got the Senate, we need the presidency. So we deliver. Again, you should be patting yourselves on the back out there, by the way. You've delivered every time you've been asked. I mean, that's a better record than they have. And so now we've got a Congress. Now we've got a Senate. Now we got a presidency. Can anybody out there, raise your hand. Can anybody out there tell me what we've gotten done? <laughs> anybody? Anything? I mean, I will grant you, most of the stuff that has been done has been by executive order. I'm watching Fox right now. Federal judge blocks President Trump's executive order targeting funding for sanctuary cities. I mean, perfect timing. 
What we have gotten done is by executive order. I mean, literally what Donald Trump has done so far is reversed all of the bad stuff Barack Obama did for eight years. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm reading articles today. Stock market soaring. Black Friday numbers up. Economy booming. People feel good. I mean, my brother-in-law is telling me, Matt, my 401ks exploded since Donald Trump's been president. I hope it continues. It's made me a lot of money. (laughs) And that's what's happening. Donald Trump has taken government out of the way to some extent hasn't been done by the house hasn't been done by the senate it's been done by executive order you know we were going to get obamacare repealed it's not repealed we're going to get tax reform i'm watching this now the house passed tax reform it's done passed through the house it's going to go to the senate and it's going to sit there I mean, we talked about this in an earlier show, I think about three or four weeks ago, 373 bills have been passed by the House. 100 of them have been passed by the Senate. 273 bills currently set in the Senate where they've went to die. Where they went to die. Nothing getting done. And now, of course, we've got the tax reform. Where we're supposed to be, you know, cutting the corporate rate from 35 to 20. You know, taking seven brackets, tax brackets. We had the gentleman from uh, FreedomWorks on talking taxes about two or three weeks ago. Taking seven brackets down to three or four. I mean, we're, we're trying to get stuff done, yet our politicians aren't getting anything done. And along comes Roy Moore. Who gets stuff done? Kelly Ward, friend of the program. The only person... The cartels ever endorsed Kelly Ward. I mean, we need people like this to be in power. And why do you think the elite right and, and, and the left are fighting so hard to keep these people out of those positions? They don't want those people screwing up what they have set up for themselves call it what it is they've got a good thing going in washington dc they have all kinds of benefits they make good money they have insider trading they have lobbyists sticking money in their pockets right and left they don't want someone to come in there and have morals they want someone to come in there that's going to go along to get along now i'm reading this vince flynn book and it's amazing the parallels i mean the first book it's called term limits it's the first book you should pick it up if you haven't read it it's a great book It was written in 1999, mind you. And it talks about how, I don't want to give the book away, but the plot is how some American commandos start taking out politicians because they're not doing what they promised they would do. And I was telling Ron this morning on the ride in, it's kind of of made me chuckle because in 1999, they were talking about a national deficit of five trillion. Five. We're now at 21. I want you to think about that for just a second. In 18 years, the debt has went up four times. 18 years. And it went up a bunch under Barack Obama. $10 million, $10 trillion. 
It's now at $21 trillion in debt. And this book is crying, and they're saying, whoa, wait a minute. We're going to saddle our kids with debt and our grandkids coming for years and years into the future. That was at $5 trillion. What do you think $21 trillion looks like? But yet we've got do-nothing senators and congressmen and women who don't want to get this under control. And the whole book talks about how they all line their own pockets and how the, all of them work for somebody else and not you. Not you. They don't work for you. They don't work for me. They work for themselves and they get paid handsomely and they have insider trading and they get the benefits and they have health care that that's not Obamacare. So when you look at this stuff, what reason is there for them to do anything different than what they're doing right now? None. There is no difference for them to do what they're doing now than what they were doing before. Zero. No motivation. It's up to us. It's up to the Roy Moores of the world, the Kelly Wards of the world. It's up to, you know, the, 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 the Tar, uh, Jerry Tarkanian sons running out there in, in Nevada. It's up to people to start finding patriots who want to help turn this country around and get rid of the McCains, the Murkowskis, the Collins, the, the, the folks that could care less about you and I. That's what it's up to. That's why I brought up the whole Roy Moore thing. He's up seven points, by the way, according to a poll two days ago. So it be interesting to see what happens because they're saying that if he gets sat in the Senate that they want to automatically throw him out of the Senate. They're going to vote to have him go. So we'll see what happens there. But don't go anywhere. Neil McCoy is coming up. Country music star Neil McCoy is going to be on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. We're going to talk all kinds of things. Stick around. This is The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Conservative Cartel. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel this Saturday morning. I am live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios on the Blaze Radio Network. If you'd like to be part of the program, 888-900-3393 on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. And speaking of the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, we have American country music singer Neil McCoy. 10 studio albums, 34 singles, all-around patriotic guy has been saying the Pledge of Allegiance on Facebook Live for 688 straight days. Neil, this morning, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. Thank you very much. And, and uh, yeah, 688 this morning, and that number that you gave out was the number I called, so I'm glad you asked. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad that you called, and I appreciate the fact, look. First of all, Neil, thank you for being on the program. It's an honor and a privilege. I actually, the first time I ever saw Neil McCoy, I was Uh-oh. a young man. I was a young man. Neil, I won't say how long ago, but I saw you at the Delaware County Fair just north of Columbus, oh, wow. Ohio. You were there, and that's when wow. I first saw you, and you didn't have a whole lot of songs out at that point. Let's just put it that way. No, sir. I was, I was even pretty close to being young myself then. <laughs> <laughs> you had a lot longer hair back then. I sure did. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Just to sign the times, you know. Oh, it's so funny. So, Neil, look, it, it, you're you're a patriotic American. Thank you so much for that. But 
What? Why did you six hundred eighty-eight straight days? Let's talk about the pledge first of all. You know, six hundred eighty-eight straight days on Facebook Live reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. What made you want to do that? You know, I, it, it goes back a long way, and I know uh, I'll I just give you cliff notes. My mother's from the Philippines. My father met her in, when he was in the army, and and so the entire time when when they moved here and had us kids, my mom used to tell us. Uh, that we should be grateful of the the freedoms that we have because we live in the in the greatest country on earth with all the all, all the freedoms and and she said don't ever take it for granted you know and, and I I thought about it young you know and I thought okay well that that kind of makes sense mom I don't know what you're talking about and then as you start to grow old and then get even older you kind of figure out that that moms and dads usually end up being right and mom was exactly right on this one and that just uh, you know we ought to be grateful where we are and so a couple of years ago I just I thought that. The presidential race was starting to stir up. Everybody was was jumping in on both sides and running and talking about the other. And I thought, you know, the one thing we can do is is love this country. Uh, and and the way we can show it, or the way I can show it, is I just put the pledge of allegiance on my Facebook page. Didn't have a lot of followers, and and I just wrote it first. And I said, I'll see if anybody will write it back. And people started writing it back. And then when Facebook Live came around, I started doing it live. And that's just turned into what it is. And there's a lot of patriots out there that love this country and have given op- opportunity. They want to show you that uh, that they do, and, and some of them just get on board with us and say the pledge. Well, and as they should, and I think you'll remember, I mean, I'm old enough to know. It, it, we said the pledge in school. I mean, every morning when we were in elementary school, you got up from your desk, you put your hand on your heart, and you recited the Pledge of Allegiance. And you were proud to be an American. You were proud of this country. You were proud of what it stood for. And on this weekend after Thanksgiving, Neil, I think a lot of people should be proud of of America. And it's amazing. You say that your mother, was was she born in the Philippines? She was, yes, sir. She was born and raised there. My father met her in the service and then ended up moving over here bringing her home to the United States. And so she grew up, she was 13 when the occupation, you know, when the when basically the Japanese <clears throat> hit Manila at the same time they hit Pearl Harbor. So she was 13. And at the time, the uh, the second, the oldest girl, the second oldest of seven kids went on to be the second oldest of 18 kids. And so they had it really tough. It was in, and so she knows what martial law is like and, and she grew up in all that. So when she got over here, you know, and, and thought, Oh my gosh, what a country I'm going to teach my kids. That, that not every country is like this. Matter of fact, no other country is like this. And that's what she did. And, and it, it took us a while to figure it out. And, and now we understand what she was trying to tell us this entire time. Well, boy, you just hit on it too, Neil. No other country is like America. No other country is the greatest experiment on the face of the earth. And it's amazing to me. We see these stories all the time. We see the stories of people like your mother who aren't from this country. Right. But they love what this country stands for. And I think in this country, we're as Americans, as people who are born and raised here, we're, we're losing the fact of what this great country stands for. We're losing history. We're, we're, our kids aren't being taught it in, in public education. We're being told that this country is terrible, that we go fight wars that are unneeded, that it's our fault of what's going on in the world and whatnot. So it's a breath of fresh air. To actually hear people like your mother say that. So, Neil, I, I got permission here. You've got a new song out. Take a, did, take yes, a knee my ass. And I can only say that once. I've been told by the producer that's all I get to say <laughs> it. But <laughs> tell us a little bit days. about what how that came about. What what were you doing? Uh, I was just, you know, I'm, I'm here in Longview, Texas, but I'm still on the road 200 days a year doing shows and out uh, – uh, singing to our fan base and trying to gain fans a little bit at a time. And, and uh, a lady that, that knows 
that has worked with with uh, us down here in Longview, Texas, my wife and I's foundation. She's up. She lives up in the Fort Worth area. Went to a little guitar pull kind of thing with Red Steve on a couple of songwriters and and heard a song that Dan Roberts that lives up in Fort Worth wrote and uh, and it starts with I pledge allegiance and it goes on to and it turns into the song that that you know that you've heard now and she calls me and says hey buddy of mine Dan Roberts wrote a song I think you should hear so she gives me his number I call him he sends it to me and I'm and I'm I'm rushing this along and we talk about it and and I say you know he had just written it and he wrote it five thirty in the morning he had a couple of lyrics that probably weren't weren't real right <laughs> so. I talked with him. We visited. We changed a few lyrics. He sends it to me, and I thought, you know what? I've uh, I'm ready to cut this song. I am, you know, when you're. I understand when you're at the at the top of your game. You don't want to. It, it almost you're scared of a song like this because you don't want to alienate part of your audience that you've worked so hard to gain. And I, but where I am in my career, and I've I've always tried to be friendly and nice. I just thought if anybody's going to say it, it's going to be me because I come I come by it honest. I'm not just I hope. People will see. Hey, this is not a. This is not just a guy that's. It's not a money grab. This is a guy that says a pledge every day. This guy has done 15 USO tours. That is, that has been overseas a bunch. And 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 my bus is even painted in the American flag with the pledge of allegiance written down the side of it. So, and a lot of people are just saying, "Well, O'Neill, he's just trying to do something." Well, no. This is patriotism runs through me for for 59 all 59 years of my life. So I just said I'm going to record it. We. We got together. We uh, we put it down. I put the vocals on it and put it out. And you know, and, and the what made this thing kind of get all the attention is I was in Branson, Missouri. You know, where there's older demographic, uh, pretty squared away Christian folks. And I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna do this song right in the middle of this and just see how they respond. This will be a good uh, a good sounding board for me. And I didn't even know the lyrics. So on this video, I'm, I'm I filmed it from my phone, my live phone, and. And and I'm and I'm reading the lyrics, and I got to that first, you know, that first chorus, which is taking the my, and they stood up and and applauded and stayed applauding for the rest of the song. And I just thought, I, I think this is how a lot of the country feels. They just haven't found a way to say it. And now that somebody else is saying it <laughs> and taking all the bullets, uh, the bullet shots from it, I'm getting on board and seeing what I can do to support. It, and that's exactly what's happened. Well, Neil, you said it here, and it's amazing to me because you're nearing the end of your career. I mean, we're not young spring chicken anymore, and it's sad because you see it in Hollywood, too, where you have to be very careful about what you're saying. You have to be very middle of the road. You've built your fan base. You're doing your thing. You're, you know, you're trying to make a living. You've got a family. You've got stuff you need to do, too. So, you know, we see the John Voights. We see the the, the James Woods is out in Hollywood where, you know, they've had their careers. And now they come out as conservatives. Have you had any backlash on any of this? Oh, my gosh, yeah. And, and, and again... You know, it's crazy, Matt, where where I have worked my entire career to 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 go the extra mile, to do the things, to to make people or not make them, but want people to like me and my family. So this is our now that that this has gone up uh, on, on a lot of different publications and television and stuff like that. You get the other side and I've never had the hate side. So it's new to to my family hey welcome and, uh, to my world welcome to my world exactly. neil when you start talking about things that people don't appreciate they get a little exactly. owie on it neil we're almost out of time in this segment do you got one more segment you can give us you bet buddy. i, 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 I want to get into some politics i want to get yeah. into some background i've got a funny bus story 
I want to talk okay. to you about here in the next segment. So we've got country music singer Neil McCoy on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. If you're on the Blaze Radio Network Facebook page, switch over to the Conservative Cartel Facebook page. That page is going to go down. You can continue to hear my interview with country music singer Neil McCoy. If you want to call in, ask any questions, we, we've got a question here from Minnesota. It looks like we may get to the phones here in the next segment. 888 on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. Neil McCoy, we're talking music. We're talking about America. We're talking about the pledge. And we're going to get into some politics. I want to, I want to see what's going on politically. We'll talk about some uh, culture things. We'll talk about some songs. And uh, maybe a funny bus story that i that i know behind the scenes so you don't want to go anywhere go grab a few friends sit around you're going to listen to neil mccoy talk a little bit more i'm matt lock on the conservative cartel this saturday morning the conservative cartel will return on the blaze radio network This is the Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, welcome back to the Conservative Cartel this Saturday morning as I am live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios on the Blaze Radio Network. If you'd like to be part of the program, 888-900-3393 on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. I'm going to get right to it. I've got country music star, all-around great American, Neil McCoy on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. Neil, thank you for sticking around for another segment. And I have to apologize. I'm getting a bunch of grief in here about the fact that I said you were getting close to the end of your career. I hope you go for another 30 years. I hope so, too. Uh, believe me, and my wife hopes so, too, so we can uh, we'll, uh, repossess on anything. There you go. you got to pay the bills. I love it. So, look, first of all, I want to say thank you for joining the cartel. It's an absolute pleasure. I have been listening to your music for years. My dad was a huge Charlie Pride fan, and I was just tickled to, oh, wow. to find out that you actually, how you started was by opening for Charlie Pride. I did, yeah. Charlie uh, threw away of a contest in Dallas, Texas in 1981. I won a contest and, and through that through that contest, I got to meet Charlie Pryor. He took me under his wing and let me open shows with him, like you said, five or six years in the early 80s into the mid 80s and, and, and got to learn a lot from him. Still one of my dear friends. Well, and that's great. And, and, and speaking of a dear friend, by the way, we want to give a big shout out to the political cowboy, Chad Prather. We know you hang out with him just a little bit and did some Facebook stuff. He's a smart guy, by the way. I mean, not not the worst guy you could hang out with, but I, I hear he likes Irish whiskey. He, he does like whiskey. <laughs> Luckily, I caught him during the daytime. <laughs> well, it's a plus. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. But, yeah, he's a great guy. We enjoyed hanging out and, uh, and doing a couple of things together. And who knows, maybe we'll do a show or two together. And there you go. He's very talented. Of course, you're very talented, and talented people get together. And it's nice to see conservatives get together. I mean, that's where we're at in this country. And I want, I'm glad you stuck around because I want to talk about a few things here. I've got a funny story, by the way. I'll get the funny story out of the way first, and then we'll get into maybe a little bit of politics and not get you into too much trouble. But uh, <laughs> right, I we, I, we, we have some good friends. The cartel has some good friends in it. 
Atlanta, Georgia, by the name of Star Coaches. You're, you're probably oh, yeah. familiar with them. And and we went out to Savannah, Georgia this last week and uh, visited our main sponsor, Nine Line. And we stopped by and saw uh, Don Newen, who is the vice president over there at Star Coaches. And uh, he told us a funny story about your bus breaking down one night and they showed up and gave you a hand. And uh, isn't it just a small world? It is. They bailed us out. And, and at the time, you know, President Trump had not been elected uh, and he was running with the He had the Trump bus. You know, it was all it was all trumped up. And uh, and I thought, man, and this guy, this guy, is, he's 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 not scared. He's out here saying it, running with it. And uh, and yeah, they came to our rescue. And, and when we saw that bus pull up, we thought. At least we've got the right people here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And they are great people, by the way. Uh, uh, what, what's Mr. Hamilton's first name, Ron? Danny. Danny Hamilton, who runs Star Coaches. Great American. Wrapped a bus in the whole Trump deal. Came and picked you up and came to your rescue. So that's fantastic. But, uh, Neil, let's talk just a shade bit of politics. I'll try to keep you in the right here and not alienate too many people. Because we are the cartel, by the way. <laughs> we, we step on a lot of toes around here and it happens. But uh, <laughs> you do. Today's culture, I mean, you know, you were singing during the 80s and 90s and putting out your hits and whatnot, but now you're, you're doing a little bit different thing. How do you see today's culture in, in country music? Uh, you know, I just don't think that, that people, in, and not only in country music, I just don't think people are educated enough. You hit the nail on the head when you were talking about, a little earlier I heard you saying some stuff, uh, and that they're just not teaching civics or or American history or anything like that anymore. So a lot of people, and, and it's not that, that they're just choosing to not be conservative or not know about it. I think the schools are just kind of quit teaching on it. And, and I think the, the youth now of today are missing so much of what, what is, uh, what has established us and what has made us the country we are. And, and so I just think it, I wish that we could get back to it, but I don't know that we ever will because the, uh, the new millennials and the younger generation, they, they just don't seem to care as much. Well, speaking of the new generation, I, I mean, I'm the old generation. I'm 43 years old. I grew up on country music. I, I grew up on George Strait, Neil McCoy, you know, Brooks and Dunn, uh, th- that era of country music where it wasn't this new era of what I like to call hip hop country music. Right. The, the industry's changed a lot, hasn't it? It has, you know, and I and I and I want to be uh, I want to be that bitter old man that says, yeah, I hate this stuff. <laughs> that these kids are doing but. But I can't be, and here's let me explain why I can't be. First of all, it's working. I, I admire any of these kids or any people that have come along and been successful in country music, but really in anything, because it takes a lot of work to be successful. Sure it does. You, there's a at anything. You you know I'm preaching to the choir, uh, but but it's working for these guys and it's working for their listeners. So more power to them. And 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 the reason I can't be that bitter old guy or or middle the new middle age. <laughs> I can't be that guy's because I'm sure when I was in having hits with, you know, slam, bam, I'm yeah. all right. And shake it to the left. Shake it. To, I'm sure the the Conway Twitties and the George Joneses and those people were going, really? Yeah. This who's this guy? Yeah. Who is this guy singing? Billy's got his beer goggles on. I mean, you know, that, that that's who you are. And it's funny how things change. And as we get into different trends. I, I would right. say so you followed the trends I mean you're on Facebook you're on social media you have to go there to connect with the people who follow you right you do yes sir and and to try and extend your career uh sure you have to you have to try and get into the new folks and and, and get them on board and 
you know, luckily because of some of the social media things, I, which I didn't want to learn or didn't want to do, and, and not because I didn't want to. I just thought, hey, you know, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, you know, that old thing. And especially when the old dog doesn't want to learn the tricks, it's even harder. <laughs> there you go. And, and that's, where, that's where I was. But I finally got into it, and now it's, it's, it's extending our career. Uh, and now, you know, who knows? Maybe we can, uh, can hang on for a while. And that's what we're trying to do, like you mentioned a while ago. <laughs> and I know people hammered you on – uh, and I'm glad they hammered you, so I didn't have to hammer you on on the end of my career. <laughs> <laughs> well, I apologize for that. I, I didn't. I didn't mean to, okay. at the end of your career, but I certainly appreciate that, Neil. Our time is growing short. We've got about three minutes. Any funny stories from the road? Anything? Any? Any behind the things that someone should know about Neil McCoy? Oh my gosh! You know, stuff always goes on on the road, and and, and not any anything major that 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 the rest of the country would get a kick out of. Just little things that the band and I get a kick out of, but. You know, I enjoy being out here. My wife will tell you we've been married 37 years. And once I'm home, and I've been home about six days now. She's she always Once I've been home five or six days at a time, it's like, don't you have a car wash or a barbecue <laughs> or something people play at in Washington or Oregon or something? Oh, that's funny. So it's, it's that, it, but it's, you know, it, we've been pretty fortunate because we've run a long time and had two wonderful children. And, uh, and we've been grateful that, that there, so they're not any, Great stories that the country would get a big kick out of other than just uh, the regular small things that happen every day. Well, Neil, I have to tell you, thank you so much for taking your time today. I, I know you're a busy guy. Uh, give everybody who's listening, tell them where they can find you, where you're going to be at, what's going on in your life. You know, we're working all the time. Uh, we've got a couple of shows coming up in the next few weeks up in Oklahoma, rolling Oklahoma, I think Norman, Oklahoma, out in Las Vegas for the opening of NFR, National Finals Rodeo. But neilmccoy.com, you can find out anything you want to find out. And I want to encourage people that if they haven't, if they've heard the song, I won't take an E, also known as take an E, my, what, what you said a while ago. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'd encourage them to go see the video or go go to YouTube and, or, you know, just go download. It's 99 cents and it's helping, it's helping one of these conservative folks uh, stay, stay in touch with everybody out here and, and give them, again, a chance for people that don't want to say uh, where they are on, on the whole taking a knee of the national anthem they can they can say it through me <laughs> well, well neil uh, and we appreciate what you do you're a true patriot you're always welcome on the conservative cartel we're over here in dallas you ever get the need to to come over here in dallas we're on every saturday morning 9 to 12 you're more than welcome to come over and sit in the studio and the next time you're in town let us know we, we treat you to dinner i will i'm about 100 miles away from you anytime i get hungry i'm coming there you go. Well, let us know. You know how to get a hold of us. Neil McCoy, thank you so much for being a great patriot. Love your music. We wish you the best. Thank you for joining us on The Cartel. You're welcome, Matt. Thanks for talking to me. Have a great day. Neil McCoy, if you get a chance, run out to neilmccoy.com. The guy is a great American. 688 straight days reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. And, you know, that really shouldn't – it's a wonderful thing that he's doing – but shouldn't that be a normal thing in this country? Shouldn't we all get up and understand that this is the greatest country on the planet that we live in? But thank God for people like Neil McCoy, the patriotism, the love for this country, what they're doing to show. I mean, it's our job. It's our duty as an older generation to show the younger generation what's right and wrong. And what better way to do that than the Pledge of Allegiance every morning? Now, look, on the other side, hour three, we're about done here. We're going to talk about some nasty stuff. We've got some sexual harassment claims. Al Franken, John Conyers, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton. We're going to talk about it all in Hour 3. If you want to be part of the program, 888-900-3393. The cartel rolls on this Saturday morning.
This is The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Marketplace of Liberty, The Conservative Cartel, with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci on the Blaze Radio Network. Man, is that fantastic or what? Welcome back to the final hour. Unbelievable. Final hour of the conservative cartel two hours are in the books so we are live from the nine line apparel studios here on the blaze radio network if you'd like to be part of the program black rifle coffee hotline triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three if you want to be part of the program if you missed the neil mccoy interview last hour you're going to want to go back and re-listen to that on our facebook page the conservative cartel facebook page give it a like give it a share tell everybody you know Help us out. We would love for you to do that. But uh, we're going to head to the phones. I don't normally do this in the first segment, but poor Dom from Minnesota waited pretty much that entire Neil McCoy interview to talk to us. So, Dom, welcome to the conservative cartel. How are you this morning, sir? Yeah, good morning, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Not that a was problem. a pretty good interview you had uh, with Thank that you. gentleman there. Yep, uh, Neil McCoy, you know, very nice man. Yeah, Neil, yeah, Neil McCoy. I haven't listened to his song, but I will after that interview. It sounded like a patriotic guy. Um, What's on I am, what I wanted to kind of chime in on is I'm extremely thankful to God for paving the way for me to end up in the U.S. 35 years ago. You know, having said that, you know, Obama took eight years to swing the country so far to the left. We almost had a blue light special sale of our values or constitution or jobs. <laughs> Pulled out an old morals. Kmart reference. Look at you. Yeah, the blue that's, light that's special. You got to reference that because people don't know that. I mean, I don't even know. Does Kmart even yeah. exist anymore? To the blue no, light no, special? Was, but yeah, I, I like that. I used to I used to walk to Kmart because I didn't have a car back then. My wife and I used to walk with, with my son in tow, uh, you know, avoiding traffic on the expressway. People giving me the finger saying I'm crossing the street <laughs> to the wrong location. You know, I, have, I went through all of that stuff and I, too, you know, I, I came to this country because of all the things I've read about it, you know, about the Constitution. Hey, Dom, 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 hold on. So when did you come to America? 1983. So where are you from? India. Gotcha. Why did you come to this country? Well, I just wanted to better the life. I wanted to get a, you know, education, and I got my master's and almost Ph.D., and uh, there was a professor that, uh, you know, told me to come over because I was working with him in India for about six months. He said, why don't you come over and get, go to school? I said, how am I going to do that? How am I going to support myself? He said, you can work while going to school. That was a new concept to me. And I said, well, let, let me take him up on that. <laughs> That's how I ended up here. Well, uh, and you. I guess to make a long story short, you know, Trump comes along in less than a year as a red tax sale that offers people an opportunity to get rid of the junk they bought into and buy stuff that really works. And the problem we, I see there is under Obama, the pendulum swung so far to the left and almost to the breaking point that needed to swing back. Trump was just the instrument of execution of that right. plan. You know, the, 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 the Tea Party helped and all of these people helped in the process. Unfortunately, the swing to the right to correct what has been really, in my opinion, destructive force in terms of what this country was built on, politicians, you know, like McCain, McConnell, Ryan and others, 
stand to lose it all if they try to correct the swing. That's the problem. They're caught in the middle saying, damned if I do and damned if I don't. You know, I am not a very political person, but looking at what has been going through this country, you know, since I came over, my wife and I decided to start plugging in. We've been election judges for the last eight years. Good for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not a very political person, but, you know, I just like, what the hell is going on? I came to this country looking up to these things, and now we're taking it back through, you know, back to the Stone Age. Although the challenge is the younger generation is being, I've got two boys, both out of the house, they're working. You know, they went, both went to the university. The challenge to me is that the younger generation is being turned into mush in our schools and colleges. Well, they're being, they're being indoctrinated. You're absolutely yeah. right. They're going and to these institutions that are not teaching history, that are not teaching civics, that are not teaching ethics. They're not teaching the ways of the world. They're teaching social justice. You know, everybody they, ought to be offended by something. You got it. And that's not a, it's not, you know, there's not a powerful message in our schools about how equal opportunities, not equal outcomes, that makes this country great. And that's a hard thing to sell because, say, you're not going to get it all the <laughs> you know, first day of your job. You're going to have to work your butt off to get that. How do you sell that thing? People don't want to work hard anymore. All they want, If you can't fit it into more than 144 characters, nobody's going to want to listen to you. Well, that's it's now 280. Yeah. you got to get with the times, yeah. Dom. It's now <laughs> 280 know, characters, not 140, I, because there's just so much to yeah. say. Dom, I certainly appreciate the fact you called and we got you. I, I appreciate the fact that you waited. Great conversation. Dom from Minnesota, thank you for listening. We certainly appreciate that. But my goodness, he's right. I mean, he derailed this whole entire segment, and I love it because he's absolutely 100% right. And I want to go back to this again. We were talking with Neil McCoy about this. His wife's from the Philippines. You know, people that come over to this country, it's amazing how the rest of the world appreciates this country. You ever notice that these immigrants that come here, how much they appreciate? And you, you know why I asked him, why'd you come here? Because of the opportunity. Because of the opportunity, I was afforded to come here. How are you going to get through college? Well, you got to work. How, you know, what are you going to do? How are you going to work? I mean, th- we're in a time, in a place right now where, you know, we were talking about this with Neil, about the younger generation in, in, in Facebook and Twitter and social media and how things have changed and how you get your message out in front of people. What you do to reach them, how you reach them, what you're saying, how you do it. It isn't the same as it was 20 years ago when I went through college. I mean, I'll tell you, when I was in college, I think it was liberal as well. I mean, I was one of few conservatives rolling around on a college campus. But we're at a point in history where it's amazing to me how Americans are so less appreciative. People who are born and raised here from day one how less appreciative we are than people who have worked their tail off to come here to make a better life for themselves and their family. That to me is amazing. Uh, You know, that's what we should all be thankful for. And as we sit here and we watch the news every day, I'm watching the news this morning and, and they're talking about a judge blocking the fact that the government shouldn't give sanctuary cities money. We shouldn't give sanctuary cities money. These people are here illegally. They're here against the law. The first thing they did coming here was they broke the law. And yet you've got a judge out in Wacko La La Land 
that says the government can't withhold money from sanctuary cities. Well, those cities aren't following federal law. I mean, why don't you go out and you tell the police officer the next time he pulls you over for doing 80 and a 55 that, you know, hey, look, 55 is the speed limit, but nah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go 85. I don't want to go 55. I want to go 85. Just because you want to do something doesn't mean you can't. <laughs> Just because you want something to be doesn't mean that it is. We have laws in this country. And when hardworking people like Dom, who are immigrants who immigrate legally to this country for a better life for their family, they're the ones that see the brunt of this when these illegal immigrants come. And we're in a place in time, and I was talking about this, and now I've completely wasted the first segment, so we'll get into the second segment. But we've got a problem. We have a massive problem in Washington, D.C. We've got a morality problem. I spoke about this in the first hour with Thanksgiving, about praising God, about thanking God for everything that we have here in this country. Thanking God for our rights, because our rights come from our creator, not the government government doesn't give you any rights the government's main job is to protect you the government's one and only job is to keep you safe from attack from any foreign entity or any domestic entity that would try to do you harm that's the government's role government shouldn't be in education you know everything in this country could be ran so much better from the local level I mean, it's absolutely absurd that a state sends money to the federal government to have the federal government give it back to the state. It's the redundancy that is our government. It is the redundancy that we look at, the inefficiency, the bloated, the bankrupt, the... I don't even know what word I'm looking for at this point. It's just at the point where the federal government doesn't know what's best, doesn't know what's best goes on in the community that you and I live in. And here we are with illegal immigration. Here we are with Democrats. Here we are with taxes. Here we are with Obamacare and health care. Here we are with the IRS. And I'm looking at Lois Lerner right now who, you know, they were targeting conservative groups. If you're a conservative in this country, you're considered radical. That's radical thinking. It's crazy. But hey, on the other side, we're going to get into government. We're going to get into Democrat sex scandals. You're going to want to stick around. The Cartel, Saturday morning. Be right back. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel on the Blaze Radio Network. The Conservative Cartel. Here's Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci. Yes, this is The Conservative Cartel this Saturday morning as we are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios on the Blaze Radio Network. Glad that you have found us on your internet dial. If you'd like to be part of the program, what are you thankful for this Saturday after Thanksgiving? 888 900 on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. Now, as you can see, 
I'm flying solo. I've said this a couple times each hour. Rocky Stucci, my co-host, my brother-in-arms, the emotional meatball. He's a firefighter. We're, we're, we're everyday, average, ordinary, working guys. We, we have jobs. We, we, we do the radio, obviously, during the week and on the weekend here on the Blaze Radio Network. But we work. Radio isn't our only thing here. And uh, he's a firefighter up there in Minnesota. He got called into work today because of the short schedule and the holiday season so we're rolling along without him we're we're missing him we, we miss the meatball he gets all emotional and does a lot of other things and he's a great show host by the way and i'm i'm proud to i'm thankful for rocky stucci has something for the thanksgiving season but i can't believe i mean we're already almost two and a half hours into this deal it's it's amazing but uh i want to get into an article i read last night on the daily wire ben shapiro's outfit over there and uh we're, we're watching. I unplugged. Let me let me fill you in. I am I unplugged from politics all this week. I literally hardly looked at my Facebook. I've been in Dallas, Texas for about eight weeks now, away from my wife. I spent quality time with my wife, and I didn't look at a lot of politics. Thanksgiving came Thursday. We were out with friends. You know, when you go away, I mean, when you're gone for a while and you go back and, you know, you've got good friends, they want to go out and we went out to dinner with some friends and then went to dinner ourselves and had Thanksgiving and just kind of stayed out of politics for the week. So I didn't read a whole bunch, but I came back last night. I was reading stuff on the plane yesterday while I was waiting in airports and whatnot. But uh, I came across an article yesterday that just completely blew my mind because, you know, we're hearing about Roy Moore. And this whole sexual allegations and what's going on down there in Alabama. You're hearing about Al Franken. We spoke about that last week. Rocky and I did. But uh, I came across this article headline, Democratic News Network. CNN fails to report these 24 Democrat sex scandals. 24. 24. Now, we talked a little bit last week My blood's going to get a little hot here. I might get squeaky for just a little bit. Because our government has a slush fund set up to pay sexual harassment charges filed against them. I want you to think about that just for a second. Our government, yours and I's money, by the way. You and I go to work. We, we, We raise our families. We pay our bills, pay our taxes, and politicians in Washington use our hard-earned money to pay off sexual harassment lawsuits or settlements. I mean, we're going to get into John Conyers. I mean, this guy is a whole other fruitcake himself. But 24 Democratic sex scandals. In 2017. Unbelievable. Now, the article says when CNN is not busy giving President Donald Trump 93% negative coverage, covering for Islamic terrorists, botching gun reports, or being sued by over 200 African Americans for racial discrimination, they are busy covering... For Democrats across the United States by not reporting on their scandals. Now, there are 24 recent 
Democratic sex scandals that CNN has failed to report on their website. Now, let me, I'm going to run through these here. So I think this is important. This is, this is culture here. We're, we're, we're talking about our culture in this country. We are talking about the people in power that make the laws that you and I live under. I mean, we are talking about corruption at the highest levels in this country. So four new women, number one, four new women accuse Bill Clinton of sexual assault. I know you're shocked. I mean, I know you're shocked of a president having sex in the Oval Office with an intern. I mean, I know it's shocking that you may find this. And literally, no one says anything about Bill Clinton. Of course, unless they're saying, well, you know, uh, that's in the past. I mean, that's nothing to talk about. We, we just look the other way. No big deal. She, uh... Yeah. She was a 21-year-old intern. He was married. That's called adultery, by the way, from where I'm from, right? I mean, you get married, you vow to your partner that you'll only have them, that they're, they're, that you guys are together that in, until death do you part. Remember those deals, right? I mean, look, can you hardly blame Bill Clinton? Have we looked at Hillary Clinton lately? I mean, I have conversations with my buddies on the golf course about Hillary Clinton and actually doing things that men and women do, (laughs) it'd be hard. Let me tell you. Well, it might not be, but anyway. Four new women (laughs) accused Bill Clinton of sexual assault. Bill Clinton is facing explosive new charges of sexual assault from four women, according to highly placed Democratic Party sources and an official who served in both the Clinton and the Obama administrations. The current accusations against the 71-year-old former president whose past is littered with charges of sexual misconduct stem from the period after he left after he left the White House in 2001. Remember the Energizer? They they they, they call that lady the Energizer. She shows up in all kinds of pictures with Bill Clinton, Lolita Express, the Orgy Island, uh, all of that stuff. Where Bill Clinton shows up on the manifest 26 different times. I uh, I mean. Uh, it, it, it's amazing to me, and, and yet we get no one. <laughs> Rocky Stucci just just texted me. By the way, you gotta. I don't know if he texted you, but it's kind of funny. And I can't say it on the air. Just so you know. But uh, since two thousand and one, four more women. You got. I, I mean, you know all the women: Kath, Kathleen Wiley, uh, Jennifer Flowers, uh, Juanita Broderick, uh, just to name a few who have accused Bill Clinton of improprieties, right? I mean, in the 90s, Rush Limbaugh made fun of Hillary Clinton in the bimbo the bimbo eruptions. I mean, Hillary was in the forefront going after these women, calling them liars in all kinds of names against her husband. But yet we know he was having sex with Monica Lewinsky in the White House. And now you got four other women. Now, number two. Congresswoman accuses Democrat Bob Filner of sexually assaulting her. Diana DeGette, Democrat Colorado on Monday. Now, this is a congresswoman, by the way, accused a former congressman of assaulting her while they were both serving in the House. In an appearance on MSLSD, Meet the Daily, Meet the Press Daily, DeGette said that former rep Bob Filner, Democrat California, hmm, big surprise there, 
at one point tried to pin her in an elevator and forcibly kiss her. Hey, what's going on with these people? What's, what is going on with these folks? And it, these are not anything that's not out of the ordinary. Democrat Raul Bocanegra resigns leadership, leadership position and won't seek re-election over sexual allegations. Assemblyman Raul Bocanegra announced he will not seek re-election Monday, citing persistent rumors and speculation regarding sexual harassment claims. Quote, I spent my life advocating for the Northeast Valley, fighting for a fair share for our communities and residents. Bocanegra, Democrat, wherever that's from, Pecomia. I probably said that completely wrong. He said, it is because of my deep commitment to you, residents of the 39th Assembly District, that I have made the decision to resign from the State Assembly effective September 1st of 2018 and immediately resign my leadership position. I am also suspending my campaign and will not run for re-election. Now, if you're not guilty, and we have due process in this country, by the way. If you're not guilty, you don't resign your position, right? I mean, if there's not something going on, you probably don't resign, right? I mean, that's my whole thinking. Number four, Democrat Congress congressional candidate David Alcon is arrested for stalking in New Mexico. A Democrat running for Congress in New Mexico's 2nd District was found and arrested, by the way, at an apartment complex in Albuquerque on Friday, nearly two weeks after an arrest warrant was issued for him. He's now behind bars after a woman accused him of stalking her. The woman who attended a Halloween party at a hotel in Santa Fe said she started receiving persistent text messages from Alcon, one with a picture of his genitals. Some suggesting that he was watching her and others (laughs) professing his love for her. I mean, this is not creepy. Is this not creepy to you? It's creepy to me. First of all, I'm not sending any pictures of my junk to anybody. I mean, that's the first way to get yourself in trouble. I mean, I don't get this whole deal of staking Snapchats or snap pictures of your privates. I, I Look, really? You want to put that? You're sending that to someone. Where's that going to end up? Because it's on someone else's phone. It ain't on your phone anymore. With the cloud and all the crap that goes on in the internet and the NSA watching us anyway. I mean, you really want to put that up for public consumption? That's the crazy thing to me. And even you notice, this normally tends to lie on the Democratic side of things. These guys are pigs. <laughs> oh, I mean, these people are just, you know, they're the people that preach to you ethics. They preach to you what's right and wrong. They, you know, they want to tell you they're for the little man. These democratic people, they want to tell you that you know us evil, awful conservatives. I'm using air quotes here for those of you on the radio can't see me. You know, us conservatives are, are pigs. We're, you know, we have we're awful. We're terrible. We don't care about women. We don't care about babies. We don't care about anything. But yet, these people on the left are the the degenerates. These are the people committing these crimes. And on the other side, we're going to talk more about it. I mean, it's crazy. I didn't even get to John Conyers yet. I mean, we're going to get to John Conyers, and we're going to get to Al Franken. You're going to want to stick around and hear this. 888-900-3393. The cartel rolls on this Saturday morning.
conservative cartel returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, you are running out of time out there to tell me what you are thankful for this Saturday after Thanksgiving. Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-900-3393 is how you reach me. I am live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios. It's Saturday morning. We're on the Blaze Radio Network. We certainly appreciate the fact that uh, they let us play around with microphones on a Saturday morning. It's kind of fun on our end. We have a good time. We talk a few things. We invite a few people on and, uh, yeah, you know. Hope you like it. I mean, I hope it's going well, but uh, I want to get back to this. We've got two segments left. I mean, that's it. We got two segments of this show left to get in everything I wanted to get in. I still have a lot more to talk about, but 24, 24 Democratic. I, I mean, I'm amazed. I, I, this, this thing is seven pages long. I'm going to hold it up for the camera here. I, I, by the way, I'm thankful that Misty found her stapler. I, I'm most thankful for that. She found her stapler. I'm a staple guy. I stapled these papers together. It, it was driving me nuts. I had paper flying everywhere. Ron Phillips wants to talk, so we got to turn his microphone on. Oh no, no! You just have to. You have to. You have to explain yourself a little bit. Yeah. Who, who's Misty, and why did you find the stapler? Well, Misty is Ron's lovely wife, by the way. Who she's probably not listening because she's not conservative like us, which is all right. But secondly, Ron's house caught on fire, so we've been roughing it lately, and. Finally found the stapler, which I didn't have, and now I have. So I'm thankful for staplers this Saturday after Thanksgiving. But anyway, 24 Democratic sex scandals. I'm not going to go through all these because I've got other stuff to talk about, but I want to hit on some highlights here. I, I, I read through the first four or five. You got 10 women accused Colorado Democratic lawmaker of sexual harassment. Um, Colorado Democratic House Speaker accused of covering up sexual allegations. Minnesota Democratic lawmaker resigns after sexual harassment allegations. California Democrat. Do you see a trend here? Minnesota, California, Colorado. These aren't conservative states. You know, Democrat Rander Commissioner President Philip R. Charged on multiple counts of child pornography. That's always a great person. Woman claims New York Democrat Andrew Cuomo of all, all people. Ignored her pleas to investigate one of his staffers who allegedly sexually harassed her. Uh, let's see here. Democratic Representative Calvin Smear. He is from uh, Chicago. Imagine that. Florida Democratic Party President Sally Boynton Brown resigns amidst sexual harassment controversy. New Mexico Democratic Legislator Philip Padilla accused of sexual harassment. Uh, back to Colorado. Uh, Paul Rosenthal accused of sexual harassment and groping. Illinois. We're back to that state. Democratic Senator Ira Silverstein accused of sexual harassment. Missouri Democratic Rep. Josh Peters. Uh, Nevada Senator Mark Menendo resigns amid numerous, numerous, not one, numerous sexual harassment allegations. Oklahoma Democratic lawmaker Will Forkiller accused of sexual harassment. Oregon Democratic lawmaker Devitt Gomberg accused of inappropriately touching women. Now, aren't the left for the women? They're for the women because only inappropriate touching happens on the right. Right? Right. Right. Did I say right? Right. Right. Former Washington Democratic lawmaker Brenda Williams accused of sexual harassment. Brendan, not Brenda, sorry. Brendan, man. 
Connecticut Democratic Councilman Scott Chamberlain resigns after fury, after furry profile. Furry? Let's read this one. It says, Connecticut Democratic Councilman Scott Chamberlain resigns after furry, F-U-R-R-Y profile reveal. Democrat Scott Chamberlain has been on the new Milford Town Council since his election in 2015, though will leave the position by Monday after screenshots of his SoFurry.com page circulated online i don't i don't know if i want to read any more of this ron the website hosts profiles for members of the furry fandom a group of people who create anthropomorphic animal avatars for themselves and occasionally dress up as the characters to meet and people many furries also have a sexual fetish involving the cost okay that's enough costumes and animals and fetishes we're past that we're done with that. Florida Democratic Senator Jeff Clemens resigns over sexual misconduct. And hot and Ohio Democrat governor candidate Justice William O'Neill brags about his sexual history on Facebook. So you can read that. Uh, Dailywire.com. Democrat News Network. CNN Fels report these 24 Democratic sex scandals. I mean, you would think, uh, what is a furry profile? I know, Donna. Some of the things I find on the internet, you, you can't unsee them. You can now not unsee it or unhear it. But I want to go to our friend here, Al Franken, because Al Franken has issued yet another apology after two more women allege that he groped them. Now, in battle, Minnesota Democratic Senator Al Franken issued another apology on Thanksgiving afternoon saying he would work to regain Minnesotians trust after two more women came forward this week with allegations he had groped them. Franken said in a statement on Thursday, I've met tens of thousands of people and groped them all. No, I, no, no, you didn't say that. I've met tens of thousands of people and taken thousands of photographs, often in crowded and chaotic situations. He says, I'm a warm person. I hug people. And by gosh, people just like him, by the way. I've learned from recent stories that in some of these encounters, I crossed a line for some women. Now, look, look. I have hugged people in my life. I'm not a hugger. Rocky Stucci is a hugger. I mean, Rocky Stucci will hug you. He might even grope you. Just saying it on the air. He might. You know, he might give your butt a pinch. And I'm talking about guys, not just girls. So that might be inappropriate touching. But you don't just hug someone. Oh, I inappropriately hugged you. I mean, Are we there in this society? Are we at the fact that, you know, we're going to blame sexual harassment on a hug? The left wants you to believe that it's not inappropriate as long as they're doing it. I mean, isn't that the story we're seeing? Isn't that what we're seeing? Rocky Stucci just joined the Facebook live chat, by the way. Hey, it's Rocky Stucci. I hope things are going well at the firehouse, by the way. I hope the cartel is pumping out to all of the people who are listening with you. But uh, I might have said something about your hugs, Rocky Stucci, just so you know. Just between you and me and a few thousand fans. Just saying. But anyway, we're at a point where the Democratic Party... I think the best word I can put to it is perverted. I mean, I have to agree with some of the comments that are currently being written on the conservative cartel Facebook page. Al Franken is a pervert. Piggy Weinstein is a pervert. They're ugly men 
who have power positions who believe that that power grants them rights that you and I don't get. I mean, that's really the de- that's really what it boils down to, is it not? These men think that their power entitles them to certain things that you and I don't get. That's that, that's the bottom line. So they will do things. This, this is no coincidence, and I'm going to say this right now. Due process. Al Franken is afforded due process just like Roy Moore. But when photographs are being thrown around of Al Franken on a plane groping a woman, it's pretty hard not to make a judgment when you see that, right? I mean, excuse me. We've got a lot of allegations against Roy Moore. A lot. I think seven or eight. There hasn't been one shred of proof. We've talked about a yearbook, forgeries, signatures, the whole deal. But yet we've got pictures. We actually have pictures. We have visual proof that Al Franken fondled a woman or at least was playfully or staging it while she was asleep. I mean, we know it was there. Now, was I there? No. Were you there? No. We don't know what really happened. Did he touch her? I don't know. But now you've got more women coming forward saying that he groped them, and you've got Al Franken saying, oh, well, you know, I hug people. I'm a friendly, warm guy. I hug people. I mean, is that sexual harassment? I'm tired of listening to the left make excuses for their perverted actions. And it's just not sexual harassment. I mean, we can go back to spending. We can go to government. We can go to the military and transgenders and sex changes. We can go to many things. It's not just Hollywood or groping or perversions. It's everything. And yet the left wants you and I to believe they should be the ones leading us. I wouldn't let them lead a Cub Scout group. That may be bad problems for the left. Look, don't go anywhere. Last segment here. I want to talk about John Conyers. The guy's a dinosaur. He's 88 years old. He's been in the Congress for 50 years, and he shows up to meeting in his underwear. Don't go anywhere. The cartel rolls on. The conservative cartel will return on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Final segment, The Conservative Cartel, a Saturday morning, live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios on the Blaze Radio Network. You've got this last segment to talk to me, the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888 933-93 is the number you would call in. I have to tell you, I'm completely pumped. I'm 13 minutes from the Ohio State-Michigan kickoff. 
That's all I got to say. It's the biggest game of the year. It's the greatest rivalry in college football. And I'm going to find somewhere to park my rear end, drink a few brewskis, and watch a great game. And I hope Ohio State whips the snot out of that team up north. Just saying. Just saying that right now. But look, one more thing here. We're talking about uh, debauchery. You might call it debauchery, sexual harassment, whatever you want to call it here. But uh, I want to turn your attention to John Conyers. John Conyers is a congressman from that state up north, that Ohio State. Yeah, they're going to take it to OH. That's right, Kathleen. I-O, baby. That's right. That's all I got to say. But according to a former key staffer who said the embattled Michigan lawmaker once called her into a meeting while sporting only his skivvies. Underwear. I mean, do you really want to see an 88-year-old guy in underwear at a meeting for the first part? I mean, it's like crazy. What was that movie? Uh, Bad Grandpa or Nasty? Yeah, I mean, Granddad Conyers is showing up to a professional meeting in his underwear. I mean, that's got to make you throw up a little bit in your mouth. But Melanie Sloan, a lawyer who worked with Conyers on the House Judiciary Committee, said she was called up to the long-serving congressman's office to discuss an issue only to find him walking around in his underwear. Sloan is the third woman to accuse Conyers of inappropriate behavior. Now, the guy's 88 years old. Maybe he forgot to put on pants? Uh, Valid? Not valid? I mean, maybe he forgot that day or to put his teeth in or take his medication. I I don't know what it is, but uh, Miss Sloan said it made her incredibly anxious and depressed about going to work every day. And there was no way to fix it. I mean, can you really unsee an 88-year-old tidy whities Can you unsee it? That's my question. I mean, you're probably scarred for life, you know, right? 88 years old in your underwear. I mean, it, it's not fashion model type. It's not the thunder from down under guys, you know, or I don't know, Kate Upton. I mean, you, you can't unsee that, right? 88 years old, wrinkled up. I mean, old and nasty. I, it make me. It's making me anxious right now. I'm kind of getting tight in the chest a little bit, you know? It's like, oh, God, maybe I did just throw up a little in my mouth, but... Uh, She said there was no mechanism I could use, no person I could go to, to remedy this situation. Sloan was a well-known Washington lawyer. She was a well-known Washington lawyer when she worked at Democratic Council on the House Judiciary Committee in the 90s. It was not clear exactly when the strange encounter with the lawmaker took place. So maybe he was 85. I mean, does that make it a little better? During her time working for the committee, she claims Conyers often screamed at her, fired her, then rehired her, criticized her for not wearing stockings, creepy, and once even ordered her to babysit one of his children. Now, I have to tell you, we've been in Washington, D.C., and Ron can attest to this. It's ran by 22-year-old aides. It's what it's ran by. If you want to know the deep, dark secret Of Washington, D.C., it's ran by children. And I'm not talking about the politicians. I'm talking about the aides. I mean, every office you go into in Washington, D.C. has five, six, eight aides. And I'll bet you there wasn't one of them over 24. Not one of them. 
uh, and they're the ones writing bills and doing the stuff and doing the work and, and and they're constantly in and out of jobs. Like we have connections up on in Washington DC. I get emails all the time. Well, I've I've left my position with Congressman so and so or Senator so and so. I've left my position. I'm going to work for this this senator or this congressman or I'm doing this. I mean that's the scary part of what's going on in our society, but uh, she got asked to babysit. While those revelations came out earlier this week, word of Conyers, who was first elected to Congress in 1960, not 64, 1964. That was 10 years before I was born. He's been in Congress for 53 years. Wow. And we wonder... We wonder what is wrong with our country today, and I'm loving the comments. Skid marks. <laughs> Skid marks in your tidy whitey. You know what? You look. It's unbelievable, and I don't know if that's racist or not that John Conyers is an African-American man, but anyway. Though Sloan maintains Conyers did not sexually assault her, I mean, can you not consider it sexual assault if he shows up in his underwear? She told the Detroit Free Press that his constant stream of abuse was difficult to handle and it was certainly damaging to my self-respect and self-esteem. Now, Conyers' hometown newspaper earlier this week called for his resignation in the wake of sexual harassment allegations against him as well as questionable payout to one of the alleged victims. Now, that's what I was talking about. That's what I went into the show with today. Conyers paid out a $27,000... Oh, I got a phone call. I may not end on this... He paid out 27000 in a sexual harassment settlement. So are you guilty if you pay a settlement? That's a question that we need not to ask or should ask or whatnot. But look, I've got a phone call. I've got to get in here real quick. Jody from Utah. Welcome to the conservative cartel. How are you today? I, I'm pretty good. I have to say that one of the things I'm very grateful for is the women I grew up around and when I was in high school, a couple would come. A couple of women had come in over those four years, um, teaching us some self-defense. And basically, the rule was: if your personal space has been violated, whatever happens to him after that, oh well. Yeah, I like what you're talking about right there. You know, look, these guys. I agree, Jody. At some point, men and women are not entitled to other people's space. There's etiquette. There's decorum. There's chivalry. There's being a gentleman. There's being a lady. There's specific roles. And if you violate someone's space, you ought to get a knee in the old giblets. I mean, that's... Uh, It wasn't just a knee in the giblets. There was a few other ugly tricks we learned. One of them was put your keys in your hands. It's now has become a set of brass knuckles. And if there's a couple poking out in between your fingers and somebody's eyeball gets gouged. Dang, that's hardcore right there. That's hardcore with the keys and eyeballs. But I hear what, Jody, Uh, I hear what you're saying. I mean, and today, well, look, can you agree with me that society has made it so that women seem to be less empowered? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't you think that's the root of this all that... You know, we, we've got a society that ha- has made this. And look, we got these men in power that believe they can use that power to do the things they do. Right? Okay. But 
you, but you've also, um, by, by raising these girls and empowering these girls, we have to believe their story. How about you just teach them, here's how to prevent your story. Yep. Exactly. He's and the eyeballs, you know, there's a few other, other, it's amazing how much that stops the story in its track. I don't have to tell a story. Well, Jody, I think you heard it, and I got to let you go, so I'm, I'm up against the clock. Sarah Palin came out the other day and said, people don't mess with me because they know I'm packing. Plain and simple. They know she's a strong woman. That's it. Julie, thank you for the call. We certainly appreciate it. We're, it's unbelievable. We're coming up to the end of the show. Uh, it's amazing how fast three hours goes here. I'm going to tell you, I'm fantastically excited. As soon as I'm done with the show, like I said, go Bucks. OH. It's the biggest game of the year. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to see it. If you happen to see me around town, I'll shake your hand. But look, appreciate the fact you hung out with us this Saturday morning. Tell all your friends, your family, your coworkers, anything. Share, share, share the Facebook Live video. Head over to the Conservative Cartel Facebook page. Give it a like. We would love for you to do that. More people that know, the more people hear the truth. The more people hear the truth, better it is. We'll take this country back one cartel member at a time. Certainly appreciate the fact that you tuned in this Saturday morning. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you back next Saturday. I'm sure Rocky will be with me. Until then, cartel out. See you later. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci on the Blaze Radio Network.